Hey there, it's Rob Callen. Since the Lead with a Question podcast launched, we've been so grateful to hear from listeners who have found the show meaningful. Now, if that describes you, could you take a minute and subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and maybe even write a short review? When a podcast is newer like ours, every single listener interaction helps other people discover the show as well. It really means a lot to us. Thank you. This is Lead with a Question. People focus so much on getting to the end goal that they forget that all the beauty is in the process. It's in the process and that's where all of the goodness is. And one thing about doing this work is the difference is that even if everything may seem chaotic around you or things may seem like they're falling apart, you really have the sense of inner peace and and trust in, in yourself. Hi, I'm Rob Callen. We live in a time when people are seeing that the old way of doing business is broken and that leading into the future requires something new, a deeper focus on humanity, the courage to let go of power and ego, a desire to nurture the conditions for co-creation, and the bravery not to have all the answers. On this show, I, along with my friends Chris Deaver and Ian Clausen, connect with guests who embody these principles. And whether household names or not, they've shattered the status quo, often as misfits, to shape the future with others and achieve miraculous things in work and life. Let's get real for a second. It's really easy to get caught up in comparisons. Who's taking the most amazing vacations? Who's the fittest? Whose business is prospering the most? Who has the most admirable family? The list never ends. Now, if things are going well, these external comparisons leave you feeling pretty good about yourself. But what happens when your world comes crashing down? Where do you find your self-worth? This is exactly the scenario that confronted our guest today. A series of personal hardships rocked her sense of self and forced her to search deep within, maybe for the first time, to find out what she was really made of. In this episode, she'll share her soul-stretching personal story and help us navigate the question, what if we didn't have to achieve our way into feeling worthy? A conversation with Huelay Lin on this episode of Lead with a Question. Many of us have been programmed or conditioned and taught what to want. We haven't really been taught how to figure out what we really want and what our souls really want to be doing. Many of us are told from when we're born the type of life we're meant to live and what we're supposed to do. And for many of us, it looks like getting an education, you know, or getting a job. You go to school and you work to get a job and then you provide for your family. For, for most of us, that's sort of what it looks like. And for me, at least it was. And um, for women, we grow up with so many, well, many of us grow up with limiting beliefs we have all these expectations, you know, we have expectations placed on us by our family, society in general, but 
and we have expectations we place on ourselves and limiting beliefs, but we suppress what our souls really want to be doing. And I was listening to, I listened to a lot of podcasts, obviously, and there's a woman named Lacey Phillips and she, she teaches, um, magnetism on becoming magnetic. And she, she, she shared about how most of her clients are attorneys who come to her and they say, you know, I've got everything I'm supposed to have. I have the success. I have the home. I have all the things I'm at this place. Now I'm still so unhappy. And, you know, and it's because that was the life that someone had told them they wanted to live, not really the life that their soul wants to live. And, and for me, I believe that we're all meant to be expressing as our fullest selves. And that's what we came here to do. And when we do that, that's how the world comes into perfect balance. And it would be if we all, if we all could lean into that and all mm-hmm. do that, follow our North Stars. Yeah. And, and how do you think some of those limiting beliefs influenced the early part of your life? So I believed that like kind of like I was saying, my life had to look one way. I have parents who are college professors. And so it was very much, you go to school, you go to college, get your education, you find a job or get a good job and you support your family. And, um, you know, you build a family. And, and for me too, I grew up, um, I'm so grateful for, for the religion that I grew up in and for what it taught me so many amazing values, but, um, also grew up believing within that, that, that your life had to look a certain way. And so for me, when that didn't happen, that was really the best thing for me because my whole life, my whole world kind of shattered. You know, I had this big plan to get married, be a mom. And that was kind of my plan, you know, maybe work. I also always loved to work, but, but to have a family and that was what I had planned. And so when that all ended, (laughs) things had to shift and change that was really difficult. And um, my first divorce, I think, is when I, I kind of started to wake up a little bit more, but still had so many limiting beliefs. And, um, you know, didn't didn't believe that my North Star was marketable or that I could earn a living following my North Star. And because I've been taught that there's, there's a certain way to do things and to make a living. And so, so for me, I kept suppressing that and doing something else, you know, and that really wasn't what my soul wanted, what my spirit wanted or what I was meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it took all of that for me to shift out of that, to see, wait a second, you know, I, this all brought me to what I'm supposed to be doing and to my purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and also believed that I, I sourced a lot of, um, I, I self-abandoned a lot. So I sourced a lot of my security to, to my husband's, to a man and, um, to depending on them. And so, um, didn't have the self-belief, you know, that I could, could do it on my own as a woman and that I don't need a husband or a man to support me in that, that I can pursue my dreams on my own and, and that I can live into my North Star. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, one thing that came to mind too, as you were speaking about kind of the past and, you know, the, the growth pattern that we all go through, I feel like a lot of us start out in life with a checkbox mentality, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we learned that in school 
And so it's kind of like we get the syllabus. We know what the professor likes, doesn't like, wants Mm -hmm. of us. And, you know, we get a grade based on how well we check those boxes. And Mm -hmm. it translates into our early careers, maybe even, you know, church related um, uh, assignments, uh, our families. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you said just towards the end of of your your opening was, you know, I feel like the, the phrase you complete me, I've never, I've never liked that. You know, you see it in romance movies and things like that. It's like, you know, like you're my, you're my soulmate, you complete me. And I feel like, um, you're only 50% of a person with that mentality and you, you're dependent upon your spouse. Right. And so I think for myself as well, like I've learned later in life that like, no, it's, it's really about independent people really, you really Mm -hmm. have to be a whole person. Mm -hmm. And and the ideal is to have another whole person Mm -hmm. as a partner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when, when that comes together, I mean, there's some real magic for the future, for your lives, for happiness, for certain success. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. I love that. So not sourcing, not sourcing your needs from anything outside of yourself. Right. And, and yes, completely becoming. So, so one thing I've learned too is um, the process of building community within myself and building that relationship within myself and that self-belief has been so important and that self-trust. And I think that something else that came to mind when we were just talking about checking off the boxes is I think that for me and for many of us and for me before, I was so focused on doing and thinking that changing my circumstances would change how I felt. And I was so focused on doing, and I think many of us are so focused on doing, we're not focused enough on becoming. Mm. And we need to focus on becoming. Who are we becoming and who are we being? And what attributes are we embodying? You know, are we, are we, who are we trying to be? And, yeah. and I think that's sort of where the shift needs to go. People think that you're going to gain status and, gain all this confidence and all these things from doing things, which, which does give you confidence, you know, and achieving things does, but it really isn't going to bring you that inner strength and that inner peace. And that it's really about who you're becoming more than, than what you're doing and checking off boxes. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, we've had conversations too with uh, like Steve Young and uh, people who have said things like, and he said it this way. He's like, you know, there's kind of this boy scout theology, right. That has been cultural in, you know, the church and in many churches or many people's lives, right. To your point about achievement and that, you know, you can just kind of succeed your way out of, uh, life's challenges, like life's greatest challenges. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that while there's some truth to right doing it's, it's a limited, experience overall, right? Because it doesn't get you to a place that solves for some of the deepest questions. Um, I like something else you said, which was, um, you know, it shattered, it shattered, uh, you know, so some of the experiences you had kind of shattered what was the ideal, right? Mm -hmm. And whether it's in a, uh, you know, kind of faith experience or in life itself, if, if we have this moment where it says, hey, you know, yeah, the shattering, right. Where it's like, Hey, this picture I had in my head of how it's going to be or how it's going to go. Uh, it's entirely different now. And then you're, you're essentially building something that, uh, is new, new, 
a new frontier, right? It's new territory. Mm-hmm. Um, can be scary. Always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, there's people that have been through a lot of different kinds of trials. I've been through some myself and, you know, you go through these valleys and I think of like, uh, Helen Keller who, you know, I mean, she went through a lot of trials, right. Blind and, you know, uh, you know, a lot of other just really intense challenges like I'll never face, but she would say, um, you know, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Right. So somebody who's been through something like that to be able to say that then, um, you know, so I, I'm curious, like, how did you, uh, as you, you know, realized kind of that, that picture was shattered, how did you go about building what the future would be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really, really hard, especially after, you know, my second divorce and we talked starting my business at the same time that I was going through a divorce and, um, and I questioned everything about myself, my worth. Um, I thought I would never thought I would sort of be starting over again. You know, here I am when I'm supposed to, my kids are grown. I'm supposed to be kind of slowing down <laughs> mm. and having to feel like I'm starting over again. And um, it was really hard. I was, I really was broken down and really had to um, really had to figure things out for myself and, and it took time. It takes takes time to do that inner work. And um, I really, because I think I didn't have I didn't have means to buffer, you know, away from my emotions and um, to escape. I had to sort of sit with myself and face things, and um, and and really just had to do the work, you know. I had to sit with myself and go, okay. How did, what role did I play in this? How did I create this for myself? I'm the common denominator. And so taking responsibility and then um, really for me, relying on God, for me, my connection to God and higher power um, that really, really guided me and gave me so much strength. And, um, and I believe that he guided me, you know, asking, asking God for help. Um, And and so I believe I was guided by God and that led me to, um, to the first, the first step was to start building an abundance mindset. And, and I was led first to, to, um, focus on gratitude. And I started with that and just really started building out a really steady gratitude practice and focusing on gratitude and, um, and I, I just, it has just become a way of life for me in many ways. And it just has blessed me so much to build out. So it started with gratitude and building out minds of gratitude. And, um, there's so many layers to that. There's so many layers to gratitude. It's so powerful and really was the first big shift that, that blessed me and helped me to change, start to change things. Yeah, it is so powerful, right? Like you said, and it's one of those things that's so contrarian, right? It's uncommon sense because you're facing incredible odds, right? Or devastating pain. And then you're essentially staring at that pain and saying, I'm seeing all of the, uh, say, blessings or the joy or the peace mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, the things that I'm, I'm learning, right? The growth and you know, it's almost absurd, but it's the paradox, right? But it's so powerful. Like you said, um, you know, mm-hmm. 
so yeah, it's like one of those things that, you know, people don't immediately see, especially when they're in the, in the pain, right. It seems, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I guess with that, you know, you kind of found that way that path forward, right. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in the light and that's, uh, it's not just admirable thing. Yeah. It's power. It's power. It's, it, it shows, you know, it shows people this, this can be done right in those moments. Mm-hmm. Most people get wrapped up in resentment and bitterness because mm-hmm. those are the default emotions. When you go through a hard challenge, you know, it's easy to be fall into the victim mode or to try mm-hmm. to place blame on others. And, you know, knowing you Pole, um, you know, just from an outside looking, looking in, um, I've always admired, you know, your, your resolve to just like keep pressing forward. Uh, I've never looked at you as like a, a victim or never perceived you as, you know, falling into a victim mode, even though you've gone through some, some hard things on a personal level. And so that's always been something that I've admired about you personally, um, just in, in seeing your growth and, and the things that you're, you know, um, striving for. So, um, you know, I do have a question about trust. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had some, some pretty, um, hard situations that maybe shattered your relationship with trust, that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your relationship with trust today? You know, how, how do you trust or how do you see trust? How do you experience it differently now? Yeah. So, that's a really great question. So, so again, I go back to, you know, you talked about autonomy and being a whole person on your own. And so for me, I have really had to build my own self-trust and, and really learn to listen to my intuition and my instinct. And that's something that I really didn't, I really did embrace before. And it's so powerful and I didn't. And so that's something that I've really, really had to embrace. And in business too, you know, and starting out, I'm just naturally a very trusting person, but I had an experience with another woman, you know, in business. And so just really learning um, how to trust myself has been huge. And, um, you know, and that's been built through habits and through, through accomplishing and doing things. And, you know, when I tell myself I'm going to do something by doing it, and, um, and so having to build that self-trust in, and also listening to my intuition and listening, um, you know, we know, we already know everything. We really do. Everything we need is within us already, everything, but we just, we don't know it, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, definitely trust is something that I'm, I'm, I'm working on. Right. I look at a lot of, you know, uh, business experiences, uh, employee, employee relationships, leaders in organizations. And I feel Mm -hmm. like the common thread I've always seen with leaders that I've been, you know, with is, you know, is this mentality, like you need to earn my trust. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just like, it's like, okay, how are you going to accomplish anything with that mentality? Mm -hmm. And so I, 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 me and Chris, we've talked about this a lot over, over the years, but it's like, we'd rather extend trust far and wide where we can, you know, obviously use your intuition. You're not just going to attach trust with any person Mm -hmm. on the street, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really important to extend that trust. I think, um, and, 
and, and it just leaves things open. It leaves things a little bit more fluid for the relationship to kind of emerge to what it could be, could become. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I look, I look at that way in families or in business. It's like, just let people loose, you know, see, see, you know, lean into their gifts. Right. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you talked about too is, um, it's kind of, it starts with you, right. It's almost like, you know, we, there's a lot of people, I mean, especially generationally, right. Gen Y, Gen Z, a lot of people who want to change the world, right. They want to have an impact in the world. And mm-hmm. you know, what, what you shared suggests that, you know, you start with changing the world from within, right. That there's this mm-hmm. kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and Ian and I do this work, uh, I did at Apple Disney, we, we do this, it's culture transformation, right? You look at what does a company need? What's their future mm-hmm. self, right? As a culture, and yet, you know, to your point, you go back and you have to get deep within first, right? And ask those questions, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of that mirror test of what do I need to do differently? You know, who do I want to be in the future? Um, and, and wrestling with it at a deeper level, it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, as simple as that is, it's so hard for people to do, much less to first see, mm-hmm. right, in the first place. So this gets mm-hmm. to like the next, I think, a question I'm curious about is, you know, for someone who, let's say, you know, she's going through something, you know, really painful, a struggle, similar to maybe what you experienced, you know, what would you say, what would you say to her, you know, as far as advice or what to, you know, how to start, right? How to start on the process. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, well, the first thing I would tell her, first of all, is that she deserves to have everything she desires to have in this life and in this world and that she's deserving and that she is worthy. She's already worthy of everything that she wants and desires because I did not believe that when I was going through that in those moments. So that's the first thing I would tell her. And then, gosh, I would tell her she she just needs to start going inward. She has to, it sucks. The work is hard. It's hard. And especially when you're in pain, it's really hard. But But you have to do it. You have to go inward and start to, um, look at your subconscious, watch, learn how your brain works, you know, um, learn that you're, learn about how your brain works on default. You know, I, one of the most powerful things for me was finding the work of a life coach. And, um, and she taught me about rewiring my brain and neural pathways. And um, so that has been huge for me and um, to learn how to manage my brain and watch my thoughts and understand that my brain can lie to me and my brain is telling me things that aren't necessarily true, you know, and understanding that my brain by default is negative. And so many people don't understand this. They don't have these tools. And so when you can understand that, then you're building at your levels of consciousness and levels of awareness and you're able to see, you know, where where your thoughts are coming from, you know, and, and okay, this is me. This is my soul. This is my spirit. This is me. This is my brain telling me something. This is who I really am and what's really true and what I'm really thinking. 
I, I want to dig into that. Yeah. A little bit more actually, because I think what you're tapping into is like what a lot of people are feeling right now, um, especially given a pandemic, right? Where suddenly it feels like all of those things they had in control as far as habits, their routine, right. their daily thing, right? It just like blew up. Right. And then suddenly it was, you know, and, and great, granted it created a lot of space. Right. But it, it raised questions. Right. And it raised questions about, you know, to your point, default settings. Right. So like an iPhone, it's like, well, these are default settings. They may not even be aware. Subconsciously they are there. Right. They're operating in that system. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those, I know for me as an example, like we've talked about, you know, the pursuit of achievement, the Boy Scout theology. Well, my dad was a scoutmaster for like 30 years. I got my Eagle Scout when I was 12, right? Like it was an achievement oriented <laughs> life for me. Like, like everything I did straight A's, like I'm going to, and if I hit all the marks, like the system is, you know, it's, it's green light all the way, right? Everything will be unlocked. Mm-hmm. Right. And while there's truth to, Hey, that created a position for, yeah, for schooling and, and opportunities that, you know, scholarships or whatever, things that, that would come because of that. I had a realization at some point uh, where it, it was not, it's not enough, right? It's, it's a limiting view. It's a limited view. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, right, to your point about worthiness, I think that's, there's a correlation too between, hey, if I have to achieve my way to worthiness, Right. So in the sense of like belonging, right, then you never get there. Right. Because the goalposts keep moving. Mm -hmm. You feel like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I'm never enough. But I guess the question, too, is, you know, how how do we continue to shift that mindset and help people see? Right. Because for us, Mm -hmm. our view is like take employees and employers. It's like, well, you have a relationship there, but usually it's like, it's broken, right? Most people say hate their boss, but like, they don't really like that relationship. It tends to be very transactional, mm-hmm. right? Did I get a raise? Did I not? Do they like my performance? Mm-hmm. If they do, then I'm safe. If they don't, I might get fired, right? Like that's kind mm-hmm. of the extremes that they live in. Mm-hmm. And, and yet there's this whole space in between that is like unexplored, Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I found this later, like with my dad and with my mom, like my parents, it took a while, but I had to realize like, to your point is like, well, I'm innately worthy of like the future that I, that I want. Right. I, anyway, I, that's a little bit of a riff on <laughs> the main point, which is, I guess I'm curious is like when you get into that process of actually unlocking or shifting those default settings, mm-hmm. how does somebody go about shifting that or breaking that or changing those things in the context of somebody who's just trying to make that, make that change yeah. in their lives. Yeah. It started with myself, you know, and my practices and changing my habits. I talked about starting with a gratitude practice, but then also learning how to intentionally think and deciding to choose how I want to think and how, what I want to believe. And, and, realizing that like fact is not just fact it's it's really a choice and I can choose how I want to see things I can choose what I want to believe and therefore I can choose my future you know and and I think that for me like in the beginning like I said it was so devastating and just having to focus on gratitude and just really working on that and I'm and I'm so grateful that I did that work instead of trying to get away from it you know I was kind of forced to like I said because now doing that and working on it, now I see obstacles and challenges and they come at me and I can look at them and go, okay, 
whoa, this is kind of crazy, but I'm excited. What am I going to learn from this? You know, how is this going to cook me? How is this going to make me better? How is this going to expand me? And I'm ready for it, you know, and approaching challenges that way is so much better than going at it with fear and, and, um, belief that you can't do things. You know, I had to, I had to shift my thinking. I had to. And when you can approach life that way, when you understand you already are worthy, you are whole, you have everything you need. You came with it. You came with these gifts. Then it just, it changes, changes everything. It's so important. And I was talking about Lacey Phillips and she was talking about being magnetic. And she says that, that the key really is a true sense of self-worth. It, that really is the key to, to, she says, manifesting and becoming magnetic. It's, it's self-worth and understanding. So true. Yeah, who you are and that you can create anything. We've talked at the beginning of this uh, conversation about the letter of the law or the checkbox things, right? I mean, there's a reason why the letter of the law is first, right? It's, it, it instills some patterns of, of good behavior, um, potentially good blessings and outcomes that, that are tied to that. But we're not meant to just stew in the letter of the law our whole lives. And at some point we have to transcend and get to the spirit of the law, which I think you just alluded to. And some of the things that Pule was just talking about is just kind of leaning into the spiritual side of, of becoming more than we are. Right. So there's moments when Chris and I were interacting with people and I call it a vibe, but it, it is, it's the spiritual kind of, um, side to, to our lives where I'm like, you know, I just don't feel right about that person. Let's stop talking to that person. Right. They don't, they don't seem genuine or they don't seem it's not, it's not in our best interest to continue a relationship with them. And Chris is like, okay, we'll just go with your gut on that. But I mean, that's, that's how it, it is sometimes is we got to learn to lean into that, that side of our lives, which I think people are afraid to even acknowledge. So the fact that we're talking about it is huge. What are your thoughts about the spirit of the law, you know, kind of following that, that side of our life? Yeah. It kind of ties to the intuition thing you were talking about earlier, it seems. Yeah. There's so much that we don't know. And and so just being open, we have to be open. We have to be open to learning in order to receive. We have to be open. And so for me, like when I'm trying to learn something or if I want to learn something more about a concept, for example, I was really wanting to understand the difference between pride and confidence. And so something like that, I really will, will ponder it. I'll meditate on it. I'll put it on my heart. I'll ask God about it and ask him to teach me. And really listen and try to learn. We need to be open to learning and not confine ourselves, not confine ourselves. I was, I was watching this. It was just an Instagram reel, but and it was this, I can't remember his name, um, but he's this East Indian man, you know, this guru. And he was saying, why limit yourself to one little dream? Just make yourself into a fantastic human being. And the universe opens up to you in a million different ways. And so, again, focusing not on what you're doing, but who you're becoming. Focus on intentionally who you're becoming and, you know, embodying attributes. It's, I don't know if you, you know of Danielle Laporte. She wrote the book, The Desire of Math, and um, she's 
considered, I guess she's on Oprah's dream team or whatever, but she, she, she says, I was listening to, she was a guest on a podcast recently and she said, we are blindly ignorant to who we really are. And she said, it's killing us. You know, we're blindly ignorant to who we really are, to our divinity and, and, um, and to what we're capable of. And we limit ourselves so much and, um, and we just, we don't, we don't know our worth. And it's because we don't know our worth. It's because we think we have to do things to prove our value. We don't know that we already came with it. Yeah. And, and I want us to, to get more into, because we've been talking about these incredible frameworks and approaches for, for life and sort of, you know, believing that we're worthy and, and moving forward without that need to kind of outsource our worth to other people that you've kind of mentioned before. Um, specifically, I'd love to learn more about what you're doing. You know, what, what is your North Star and what types of activities uh, keep you busy? It's been kind of, you know, a process of, of figuring out. I, my, my business has grown, I think, more as I figured out my North Star. And so, um, so part of what I do is, and a big part of my mission is helping women to see the abundance within themselves. So part of that is, you know, I have a boutique and I'm a fashion stylist. And um, so part of that is helping women to understand there is no ideal body type. And I really want to help dispel that for women and help them to be able to love their individual unique bodies. And so I help women to see that, you know, that's my goal and, um, and help them to dress their bodies as they are and to recognize their, their own beauty. And then um, I, I've created a space. And um, so I have my, my, I have my boutique in front and then I have an event space in back and, um, and truthfully, a big part of also, you know, we talked about more star and, and I talked about my relationship with God and that's so important to me. And so listening to him and, and really what, what he wants me to do and, and the direction that I need to take my business. And so the leader of our church, um, he gave a talk directly to the women of the church in October 2020. So, you know, still during the pandemic, kind of towards the end of the crazy, crazy height of it. Um, but he gave direction in that talk and he talked about creating places of safety. So that really uh, resonated with me. And, um, and I knew that very, I, I knew God told me that that was something I needed to do with my space. And, and actually at that time I had been subletting most of my warehouse space out all of it actually <laughs> to someone from manufacturing. That was how I, I got through the pandemic. And so I was in a position where I had my boutique, I had another part-time job I did from home and it's pretty comfortable. I, I had started a women's networking group. I kept it small. I was able to still do that at the upstairs of my space. And, and, and it was, I felt good. I felt like I was still doing enough. I had my networking group. And, but then when I listened to that counsel and felt that inspiration, um, I was basically, God said, you know, your, your space is not serving its purpose and you need to take it back. So that was a little bit scary, <laughs> you know, from a business standpoint. I was like, okay, how am I going to make this work? Um, but I just trusted, again, did not, I just trusted. I didn't know, honestly, but I, I knew that it would work out. I knew that if my intentions were true and if I worked and, um, 
did my, my part that it would work out. And, and it has, I got my space back and I've been able to, to open it up to other women to host events so that they can start leaning into and finding their own North star. And, um, and I've grown my women's networking group. I have 50 members in my group now and, um, have women, not all business owners. Um, some are just women who want to feel better and improve their lives. And so my networking group is called elevate and it's focused on personal growth and business growth because, as I found, that's key. And for me, being an entrepreneur and small business, I've learned that that everything is mindset. Just helping the women to start this process that I've that I've gone on, you know, and starting to help them to want to become more self-aware and to build out their levels of consciousness and understand how their brain works. And then helping them to see that when they can approach things from a place of this is what's available to me. So this is what I'm going to strive for rather than I lack something. And so I need to change. And so rather than approaching it from scarcity or a lack, but from, from a place of excitement and abundance, and this is what I can do. This is what's available to me. You know, in my women's networking group, you know, we have, it's very important. We, we have, every woman is seated and they each have a place card with their name on it at their seat because I want them to know it's very important that they have a seat at the table. They don't have to do anything to earn it. They already have arrived. They already are here. They already have everything they need and they just need to, to bring it forward. Yeah. One of the things you're highlighting too is like, it comes to mind is it's transformation. Right. And, um, I know that you've worked with you know, some women in like extreme circumstances, like what has, I don't know, maybe an example of that, like where you've seen, you know, someone just didn't know who she was really down, right? And what it was like, yeah. right? Her transformation. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been amazing, you know, and I've been able to do that with women in a slow process. And then I've been really grateful to be able to host events like with the Women's Shelter, Glow Up Nights, and to be able to see them and, and truly for all of us there to be able to witness it, but to see how they are when they walk into my space and then they go through this process of picking out new outfits and being loved, you know, just everyone there, they, they have a, a best friend for the night who's just there to love them, you know, and, and I just, I just tell the women who come and, and I'm very intentional about it and, um, just to make them feel loved and and just so so for us to all see these women as they come in they, they are kind of broken they don't feel really good about themselves and then they come in and, and it is an external thing i know but it makes such a difference for them and it's really not about the clothing or the makeup and the hair but just just making them feel loved and and helping them to see themselves as we see them you know worthy and amazing and so just wanting them to feel worthy of that night and, and so to be able to see them come in, you know, and then leave, leave different, not just in appearance, but also in how they feel and, and being able to see that, experience that with them has been really powerful. And so it's huge. I'm so grateful. Yeah. And I just, I just think that when you, you start with your intentions and you really have an intention and desire to serve and you put that out there, the, the universe really works together to help you make that happen. God really puts people in your path to help you make those things happen. And um, 
And I'm just, I'm so grateful. I have experiences like that every single day. So my next thing, I just have to tell you guys, um, I'm so excited about because this just all kind of, well, it's coming more and more together. But yesterday I met someone who's going to be super key for it. But but another dream that I've had is to, is foster kids, they never get a new pair of clothes for school. They never do. And, and it's always hand-me-downs. And, and it's so like, if you think about your first year of school, like that's, that's the most important day. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Big deal is your, your, your first year of school outfit and like your backpack, you know, it and helps your school build your bag. confidence, right? Yes. And so I'm so happy because I finally met the right people and, and we're going to be able to do it for this coming school year. But, but all right. the foster kids in Utah County, and I'm going to get together, I'm just, already started like planning. I've known so many people, luckily, you know, from all my networking, <laughs> so many other boutique owners. And so we'll just get all, all of us to donate and we'll just fill my warehouse with racks, you know, and the kids can come and, and shop. They can get their back to school outfit. And I'm so excited. <laughs> so I know if we all just, like you said, everyone collaborates and comes together, we can do this and it's not going to be hard at all so important to recognize, you know, these, these dots that connect on the daily or, you know, the progress that you have, the connections you make with other people or how other people have influenced your life. It's so important to recognize that along the way. Because mm-hmm. I think when it comes to the ideal, we, we have these grand plans for ourselves or dreams. And what's disparaging is, the fact that there's this gap, there's this huge gap from where we are today and where we want to be, you know, in the future. So it's easy to be ungrateful or to be discouraged and to feel like, you know, wow, I'm never going to get to that goal of mine. Mm -hmm. But I think um, it's really important what you just said, like on the daily, being mindful on the daily of the things that, that are moving you towards that ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, those gains, you know, instead mm-hmm. of focusing on the loss or that, that huge gap, the chasm between our dream and, and reality. So I think that's a big deal. Yeah, there's so much. And we have to be able to really work on yourself. You have to be able to look at all sides of yourself. We all have shadow and light and, and you can't really work on those things that, that maybe you need to refine. If you can't look fully at yourself and bring those out you have to bring them out in order to have power over them. You know, what else do I got that I need to learn? <laughs> I'm here for it, you know, and um, just approaching it that way. Well, one of the things that just really came came up um, for me as I heard you talk, Puale, is that the work that you're doing, especially with this community building and with especially the outreach that you're doing with places like these women's shelters, it makes me think about the five love languages and the fact that, you know, the work that you're doing is, is fulfilling each of those areas. And regardless of who it is that you're engaging with, you know, especially with, with like these, these women's shelters experiences, you're providing words of affirmation and quality time and physical touch and, you know, tangible uh, gifts to them as well. And, and I just think that that is so incredibly beautiful because 
whether we are working professionals or we are looking for our next opportunity or whether we are, um, you know, in, in more dire straits, we all have those, those needs of feeling lifted and affirmed and reminded of who we are. And in the business world, love is, is not something that's hoisted Mm -hmm. up. It's, uh, it's a soft skill or something like that, something of of a lesser nature, but really love wraps around empathy, right? It helps us connect when, when our intentions are pure about literally helping another person to be that bridge, right? It's like, we can make, um, we can make things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we can, and we don't lose out, you know, we can see what's there. We can, we can see, see the value in others and we can, it's just so much better. It's so much better. Life is so much better lived that way. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And so, yeah. And thank you, Rob. I never thought about that with, with the shelter event. So that was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, the, <laughs> the five love languages. It that way. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's yeah, some study that and yeah. it's you're, you're living it. Yeah. You know, Aww, that's awesome. You. Yeah. yeah. I never thought of that. Cause I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't ever really thought of the five love languages that much um, until I actually got onto a team and they've adapted the five love languages uh, for the workplace as well. Um, which is kind of interesting to think about as you think about teams and people being appreciated and everything. And, and I think they, they revise the language to the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And then I think they also revised it, um, from physical touch touch to appropriate (laughs) physical touch. Um, (laughs) but, but no, as I, as I was thinking about, you know, the, the experiences that you're providing for people, I mean, those are, those are people from, um, backgrounds where they probably feel untouchable a lot of the time um, or society has kind of marginalized them or they don't really, or they're obviously coming from relationships where love was in short supply and maybe the only times they were touched was to be hurt or, you know, Mm -hmm. to have something taken from them. And, um, and so when, when I think about those, those experiences that you're (laughs) anyway, that you're providing for those people. It's like, that's something that the soul needs. Those moments also speed up our ability to trust and build things together. Right. Because all of the other posturing and guarding of our feelings and guarding of, of the things that, you know, we're trying to get, I don't know. It just like, just kind of removes a lot of barriers, you know, when you can love is fluid. Right. So if you're tied to love or if you uh, embrace love or embody love, then you also your life is a way in a way f- also fluid. Mm-hmm. And and also to businesses, if they realize that when people feel loved, they're going to perform so much better if they feel totally. loved by others and if they love themselves, they feel good. When someone feels good, when you feel good, you perform so much it's better. Energy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's energy. And, and it's a, yeah, it's a powerful energy and it really makes such a difference. And Mm -hmm. we know, know it's so cliche that love will change the world, but I really, 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 it's true. It's really true. So, you know, just start to do that work to get to know yourself, really, truly get to know yourself. And, and that is where it begins and, and, start to break down some of those and recognize those, those, that programming and those beliefs that you've, 
we've been brought up with and and question that and, and decide which ones add value to your life, which ones serve you, which ones don't, you know, start to take inventory and and start start there. And I know it's such a process, it really is, and it takes time, but it's so so worth it. And and just understand that that everything is already amazing. And we are so people focus so much on getting to the end goal that they forget that all the beauty is in the process. It's in the process and that's where all of the goodness is. And, you know, we can achieve things one way and the sharky way or, you know, the, the quick way and by stepping on others or by not, you know, there are, there are ways to get there, but, but it's just not as rich. It's not as beautiful. It's not as amazing or as peaceful. And, and one thing about doing this work is the difference is that even if everything may seem chaotic around you or things may seem like they're falling apart, you really have the sense of inner peace and and trust in in yourself and and your own abilities and knowing that you can create what you want and you can you can have you decide this episode of lead with a question was produced by me rob callan with support from my co-hosts and bravecore founders chris deaver and ian clausen the music you heard was composed by ian as part of another project he's involved in called Moon Machine. Dave Arcade created our podcast cover art. Special thanks to Pualei Land for the conversation today and for reminding us that our infinite worth does not depend on our achievements. To keep tabs on what Pualei is up to, you can follow her on Twitter. We've put her information in the show notes. Also, we really appreciate you for taking the time to co-create these conversations with us, especially when there are so many other things you could be doing. If you found any value at all in these episodes, could you do a favor, leave us a rating, even a review, wherever you're listening right now? It takes about two minutes and helps others discover the show as well. If you want to learn more about the work we're doing at BraveCore, you can check out our website at bravecore.co. The Lead with a Question podcast is a production of Brave Core LLC. Thanks for being with us.